Welcome to my unnamed podcast. My name is Kelsey. Um, last name, Jagla, Harbor, Bar, whatever anybody wants to call me. I don't, you know, I don't really care about the label of it either way. Um, on this podcast, I want to talk about being a mother to black boys. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get deep. Let's drop it real, real quick. I'm an outsider. I'm an outsider to whites and an outsider to blacks. I have protection from no race based on race with my children being black. I don't know if you caught that, but I can't depend on white people to protect me. I can't depend on black people to protect me because I'm white. But we're here. I can't trust the majority of white people fully because they do not love my children equally. And from my observations, the white family unit doesn't even fully love or protect anyone but themselves and their immediate loved ones anyway. Their obsession with comfortability is what fuels hate and what fuels poverty. White silence is a major key in upholding white supremacy. White silence is a major key in upholding white supremacy. Unless an issue directly affects them, they don't care. Now let me clarify again. I'm, I'm speaking of my observation of the majority of white people that I have encountered. That overall about white people might not be true but from what I've seen and from what I've lived and what and I've experienced this is facts for me at least that's the cause for the majority for the last 500 plus years in this country it's been the case this whole time from native and indigenous peoples being massacred and their land stripped from them to Africans being uprooted from their homes and sold as slaves to Jews and our inability to act quick enough when the Holocaust happened. White people in this country have allowed shit to play on. They've allowed it to play out until the very end before pretending to give a shit and get involved. Let me say that again. From what I've seen, White people each and every time something happens, wait and wait and wait until the very end, until there's a breaking point where they'll be held accountable. They wait to say what's right and to do what's right because it doesn't affect them and they don't actually care. That's just what I feel and that's just my facts and that's just my truth. I feel unsafe raising my children in a white neighborhood, but I can't afford good schools and diverse ones. I'm having to choose and monitor my boys' white friends because I don't trust their parents. We don't do play dates inside other people's homes. We don't do sleepovers. My children don't have but two or three friends on this block and only one of them are they allowed to go to their house 
the other ones, the children can come over here. But that's just my attempt to protect my kids. If we move to a quote-unquote hood neighborhood, I'd even feel better. And I lived in Albany, Georgia, where the majority of the residents that I was around were black. I felt safer. And I don't know how to explain that to white people. I tried to explain it to family members of mine, and they just don't understand. If we move to a hood area out here in Kansas City, the area I grew up in, we'd be giving up smaller class sizes and quieter streets just for me to feel like the neighbors weren't plotting to drag my children from their rooms and lynch them. Even being in a white neighborhood and in, in what is considered a decent school district, I still have to teach my kids what the truth is. And white people hate that shit too. They really do. My kids know about Christopher Columbus. My kids know the truth about Juneteenth. My kids know all of these things that the school systems still are not teaching. But ain't no shootings going on outside. I don't know how long that's going to last with the with the way that the world is going and the impending race war that seems to be just so exciting for everyone around me. Um, but they won't tell me to my face because, you know, I love black men and I have black children. None of the neighbors talk to me other than to observe what's going on over here. But I can't call the police at any time because if I did, then I'd be setting myself up for failure. I'd be setting up my children for failure. I'd be setting up the man I love for failure and all of the trauma that runs in his bloodline and all of the trauma that runs in my children's bloodline just because they're black. It's ingrained and it is my job. It is, it is my purpose or part of my purpose to help heal the black community. And it's always been that for me. But I also have to prove to people every single time I meet someone new that I'm not the white people that I'm talking about right now on my podcast. I am at a point of tears just talking about this, knowing that somebody else is going to hear what I have to say after I post this. Because I don't have any allies. Not any to my face, at least. The only allies I have are on, on the internet. But there's nobody in walking distance of my house that I could go to their door in a, in a situation where I feel unsafe and, and feel as if nothing would be used against me or my family. That CPS would not be involved because, God forbid, I'm a single mother of black children. They must need to go to foster care. We must have to be on welfare, like the fucking Nashville police said. I must be getting abused or used or raped by this man because he's black. I must need assistance, right? But I also can't really talk to the black community about what I feel because 
nothing that I'm feeling is comparable to the things that they have felt, the things that their ancestors went through, the things that have been going on for hundreds and hundreds of years, hundreds of years of oppression and systematic racism and mass incarceration and Jim Crow laws and, and the new Jim Crow laws and, and all of these things that are taking place and they're only escalating more and more and more. And when that red line is drawn in the, in the, in the dirt or in the concrete and you have to pick a side, what side will I be allowed on? What side will I want to be on and, and actually be allowed to be on? If there's a race war, where the fuck am I supposed to go? You know what I mean? Because obviously I want to stand in solidarity with my black brothers and sisters. I do. But will they have me? Or will my children be ripped away because I'm, I'm not deemed fit to raise young black men, which I deal with on a day-to-day basis, dude. Every single day. I think about how much stronger that can be if they were raised by a black mother. I do. And that's not even a, a dig at my own parenting skills. It's just I cannot possibly, in my opinion, raise them to their full potential having not experienced what they have. And I cannot possibly imagine what the men that I love, what their mothers feel knowing that their, their sons are dating white women or women that don't look like them. Knowing that just a few years ago, they, black men were being lynched for it. God, mad respect, dude. I mean, there was such a long time that I was so like uncomfortable around the the mothers of the men I would date because I just knew like I knew that it wasn't really what they wanted and and I wasn't upset with them for that I can understand it to an extent because I don't even want my kids dating white women but fuck you know like it's and it's just out of sheer attempts to keep our boys, our men, our black people safe. Black and brown people. Now, I mean, I fit in a little bit more in the summertime when my native side comes out and my skin gets dark, but I'm not dark all the time. And I still have the benefit, even when I am dark, I still have the benefit and the privilege of white-looking skin. I still have white privilege. It doesn't matter what my ancestry is, it's still there because my skin looks white. I've been called fucking a spick before. I've been called a towel head. I've been called a fucking race traitor and shit by my own mom. I mean ask why I don't even love my own people type shit, but we're here now. Sorry about that, y'all. My children just got home from the park with the one white family in the neighborhood that I 
trust to not betray us. That's a weird concept. Um, that's a whole other topic I don't really want to talk about fully right now. But the way that things are going and things are escalating have me especially, I mean, well, not especially, but specifically, I'm on high alert right now. Um, I've always been on high alert. I, I had a traumatic childhood, um, then served in the military, I had more trauma, more trauma, more trauma. But like I was saying before, none of my trauma, <laughs> none of the things that I have experienced can compare in reality to to the generations and generations of black and brown people um, in this country. It, it just doesn't. It doesn't. And it's, it's even scarier knowing that my own family members can't even understand. They can't because they don't have black or brown children. I've got one aunt that has two biracial children, but she lives in Arizona. Um, <clears throat> but for me, I, like, even today is an example. Like, my children spent the night with their grandmother last night, and she told me today, for example, I don't know if this is exact timing, so don't quote me on it, but it was, like, 1230 that she was going to be at my house in an hour, and she wasn't. And I started going through all of these different scenarios of what, could have happened and just imagining my mother being overran by a white mob and my children being taken and something terrible happening to them because they were in a majority of white neighborhood it's fucking terrifying it's terrifying there's nobody in these neighborhoods to protect people like us there's nobody in these neighborhoods to protect black people. The police do not protect black people. The neighbors don't protect black people. Everybody turns a blind eye to everything that goes on. And it's fucking terrifying. <clears throat> black people don't hang themselves from trees. Black people do not hang themselves from fucking trees. And now I have nightmares of this happening almost daily to my children, to me for being a nigger lover. <laughs> I've been called that my whole life pretty much and it doesn't phase me, but what phases me is the fact that it could happen to my kids. It could happen to the men that I love. It could happen to the people that I hold near and dear to my heart, the only people that actually feel like family to me it could happen at any moment, and that terrifies me. But I don't know what it feels like to be the person that it's happening to. And that's what white mothers or mothers that are not black or brown need to understand about having biracial children is that when you step into this role it comes in a t from a territory, it comes into a territory that none of us are pre pre prepared to, to war in. 
black women have been raising black men forever. And now white women are trying to come in and raise black men and it's failing. We are failing. I'm not saying all of us are failing. I'm not saying the majority of us are failing, but we can't fail anymore. We cannot fail the black and brown community anymore. And we need support of our black and brown sisters. We do. And I think most of us are scared to ask for that, but it's time for people like me to go into these communities and say, hey sis, I need help raising this young black queen, this young black king, because I cannot do it alone. And with that said, I'm going to end this, my first and only podcast. There may be more to come. There may not be. Peace, love, and light to everyone. God bless you.